Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 276, Tabra Rasa. And we have a guest who actually speaks Latin. Salve. That sounds, that sounds like Swahili. No, salve is hello, wale is goodbye. In Latin. Still, still sounds like... It doesn't sound very Latin at all, does it? It sounds like Swahili. You have to put on the Italiano accent. Swahili would be hujambo buona for hello and hujambo. For the return greeting. I don't know. Goodbye. Okay, no one likes us murder. <laughs> that's Alan's role in this podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's you? me. <laughs> you're not supposed to be brighter than I am. Okay, I don't care if you're three weeks older. That's the only way I got the job, because I IQ test before Alan set me on. <laughs> you got the job because you're actually insane enough to do most of the work. Yeah, eventually. Eventually. It trickled down until I couldn't bear listening to your versions of the edits. Leave it alone, I'll do it myself. That, that's a, it's like the husband doing a really poor job of the washing up, so much so the wife says, sod it. That, that works for me with ironing. But of course it did. Right, I should probably tweet if Mike already hasn't. I already have. Oh, okay. I've been listening to nothing but James Master reading Harry Dresden for the past uh, four months. And I still haven't had a chance to watch any since eight. <laughs> as, as I said to you, uh, we watched five and six yesterday, Mike. Did you see six? I ended up watching the first season of Dominion. Is there a second season? Yes, that's why I watched the first season. I thought I'd better watch I weren't overly... I've seen six of the eight episodes of season one. It was okay. Dominion is the aliens in St. Louis? No, Dominion is the... No, that's Defiance. Oh, okay. Dominion is the angels possessing people. It spun oh. off a movie. Yeah, the, the movie wasn't bad. Of course, all of the angels are English, practically. You know, at least, you know, the proper evil, so the nasty aliens are English, or angels are English. Yeah, that's how it always works. Yeah, it is a English, South African, and American co-production, so... So are you current with Dark Matter? Strange Dead Child. Unexpected. Yeah, and then... I actually thought they were going to kill off... What's his name? Joseph Cross? Roger. Roger Cross. Yeah, that's not bad, but I like that. I got the half right. I got the number of syllables in the first name correct, and many of the letters. It's a never-ending struggle with Roger. Does he appear in an episode of every series, or does he stick to one series for a year? <laughs> I like the uh, guy that's playing the uh, Enchanter, the purple guy in... Oh, we're switching TV shows, are we? Yes. Okay. I'm keeping with ethnicities, just in case you're wondering why this doesn't switch to the finest, but he's got the kind of voice that even if he wasn't a TV actor, he could probably get a lot of working games in radio. Yeah. You know, lovely sort of rich, mellow tones. I haven't seen last week's finest. I won't say anything about it. He is in it. That's all I'll say. Well, yeah, I imagine that uh, <laughs> him and his kid and that shipping orbit are going to play a rather major part of this season. I think they're this season's big bad. And all I'll say about this season is, bloody hell, they are just... It's a fucking slaughterhouse. I didn't realise how vicious Tara's wife was. Why not? Well, I didn't think she'd casually cut the throat. Come try ya! And I think that's where we'll leave it. Just in case there are people out there who haven't actually seen the third season of Defiance yet. We don't want to spoil it for you. Do you know that they still have the game tie-in? Yeah, Shannon plays it. And you still play out stories which are relevant to the current broadcast season? I doubt that very much. But it seems to me they brought in a lot of characters. Even going back to the... Is it open? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Defiance and Dark Matter after I got back in from this afternoon or this evening. 
I was out and then I was back and then I was out again and then I was back again and I'm going out again after this. Imagine a future where everything seems perfect. We were completely taken in. But this is no utopia. Without our even knowing it, they have managed to sterilize over 90% of the world's population. What do you want me to do about it? We need her to pull this off. With split-second timing. I'm sorry, sir, but weapons are not allowed. Terrorist attacking all of us. Welcome to my review of the fanfiction novel Stargate Ashen, written by Kimberly Jackson. There will be some minor spoilers, but I don't think there are any that would ruin the book for you. And well, there are universal constants in literature, which should offer up no real surprises as to the direction of the story, be it in novel form or screenplay. I'm sure you all remember the two Stargate SG-1 episodes 2010 and 2001, which dealt with the Ashen civilization. In a nutshell, the Ashen take over whole planets and cultures by long-term so-called beneficial intervention, but ultimately they manipulate fertility to reduce the world's population. The remaining peoples are more or less conscripted into farming, provide food on a global scale, which gets exported to the Ashen homeworld. As we know in the TV series, the Ashen failed to make an impact on the primary reality of our Earth in the episode 2001, but in an alternate reality shown in 2010, they had a significant foothold, and while they helped to defeat the Gwold, the price the human race was paying was too high, which then fed into the episode 2001, in which our SG-1 meet the Ashen, and are seriously tempted by their offer. Kimberly has taken the core elements of the Ashen, and set her novel in another reality, or universe if you will. That gives the story a solid base, and makes it easier for the readers to sync with the narrative, but also allows for the characters to diverge from canon, as and when required, while still retaining the essence that made them what we came to love. So the Ashen arrived on Earth in Egypt through the Stargate in the 13th century. They quickly took over and called the population, turning the Earth into a fertile garden with weather control technology and other devices. As the birth rate and population continued to decline over the centuries, women were denied advanced education and slowly but surely taken from the workforce, and were expected to be nothing but breeding machines. In the year 799, post-Ashen arrival, the unified culture of the Earth is pretty barbaric when it comes to those who are gifted with fertility. The men are given good jobs and rewards for fathering children, with their mainly assigned wives, and the women forced into marriage and breeding centres, where forced conception is the norm. The only place on earth you are likely to find a couple who are together for something as nebulous as love is amongst the infertile population, who gain nothing from the current system. Sam Carter, a 25-year-old young woman, is the daughter of a high-ranking official, Jacob Carter. Thanks to his resources and position, he has been able to get Sam homeschooled, unlike the vast majority of women, but when her fertility test is positive, they both know her future is nothing but as a receptacle for the desires of a man, and ultimately be nothing more than an incubator for the next generation of farmers. Unknown to Sam, her father is also part of the resistance, and approaches his long-term friend Jack O'Neill to take Sam as a wife. Jack is also gifted, and is currently single. This would prevent Sam from being forced into the reading centres, and Jacob knows Jack would treat her right and worst case, they would have at least two years before the Ashen authorities looked to enforce the marriage contract in terms of producing an offspring. Sam, of course, has turned into an intelligent and independent woman, who gets a very brutal lesson in her position in the world. Her Ashen boyfriend pretty much disowns her when he finds out she's gifted, and the idea of being sold off to another man repulses her. And so, determined to find and join the resistance, she leaves the family home and ventures into the world. This is pretty much how the story kicks off, and we've already met many of the familiar characters, but don't let it worry you that why are these people here? The Ashen have twisted reality around and around for centuries. 
If you accept the multiverse, then this variant is a given. Let it go. It was also interesting to see how the culture had changed with the Ashen influence. Humans live longer, thanks to better medication and a cleaner environment. Society-wide the norm is not to have sex until your mid-twenties, when the genetic screening begins. In the non-gifted populations, there seem to be more live-and-let-live approach. Sex is nothing, since conception is impossible, and the Ashen take a step back as long as the harvests are bountiful and associated endeavours are carried out. Of course, the gifted community are both the mouthpieces and primary line of control. Too many of the men are in positions of power, and seem to consider women are good for nothing but breeding. And we also learn a significant number of women commit suicide when they are found to be fertile. Unfortunately, drugs and restraints are used to force women to breed if they show dissent. It's not a pleasant existence for those without power. The human resistance began when the second Stargate was found in the Antarctic, where the control had melted the ice caps, bringing more farmland, but also some areas which could not sustain farming, yet well away from ashen interference. The gate was investigated, and eventually the humans found there were many destinations, not just a Shen. And when they found a way to dial out and not interfere with the primary gate, they began exploring the galaxy, and found that the Yashen were a dominant species, with the Gawal an annoying competitor. Keeping their distance from both was the order of the day, but slowly but surely, advanced technology started to flow back to Earth. This is where Sam eventually ends up, a training camp for the Resistance in the Antarctic, and the story takes its time to introduce more familiar characters, as well as follow her through boot camp. This is where she develops her attraction to Jack, who, in a stunning coincidence, is unaware that this is the woman Jacob married him off to. Yes, marriage for the gifted can be that cold in this world. Now, Stargate Ashen is very much a novel that embraces the shipping opportunities that Stargate offered, and the core relationship is between Sam and Jack, although many, many more are covered. And while this is certainly not triple X rated, it's not for giddies either. Kimberly treads a fine line in mature, explicit writing, and for the most part lets the reader use their imagination. And that ain't difficult. I've always welcomed the Sam and Jack relationship, but was pleased it never really went anywhere in the show proper. I think I'm going to leave it there. You've got the basics of the story, and I think you can make an educated guess as to how the plot is going to progress. To a point, of course, there are plenty of twists and turns, but you will have to read it to get the full flavour of all the favourite and not-so-favourite characters, all twisted a few degrees out of sync, and there are also many surprises. This is an exceptional piece of Stargate storytelling, and what's more... Kimberly is offering it for free on the web and formatted for your ebook reader. If you're still not convinced, then seriously, what have you got to lose? I had no hesitation in donating a few dollars to Kimberly's lecture charity in thanks for her work on the novel. It is that good. And it's a weighty tome, that at no point did I consider the story slow or boring. When the characters work in simple fanfic or a more ambitious project like this, or at least are close to what you expect from canon interpretation, then the pages will fly by. And don't forget all the little and not so little references will have you smiling, or giggling in some cases. This is a novel for fans of Stargate. Give it a go, you will not be disappointed. Website and Twitter links for Kimberly are in the show notes. We are the Rusted Robot Podcast. Lower your shields and surrender your minds. We will add your MP3 recordings and opinion on Geekery to our own. We will adapt to embrace this culture. Resistance is futile. It's the Borg. Commander Adama, Cybermen, Daleks, and Cylons are fast approaching. Jump gates forming in multiple sectors, and the Doctor's nowhere to be found. What are we going to do? Tune into the Rusted Robot Podcast at therustedrobot.podbean.com and on the iTunes Store. All things geekery and robots are our only hope. Oh, boy.
get rusted today. Robots. Cyborg. Androids. Oh my. Rusted robot. We're getting ready to watch Tabula Rossa. We're watching from the Region 2 DVD. DVD rip. Honest, it's from a genuine copy. <laughs> We're all looking at the black screen. Zero, 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 zero seconds. So if you want to watch along with us, listen to Alan when he does a countdown and press play when he says click. Jeffrey, do you have a preference? Russian. I don't know Russian. Servo Croat. <laughs> I can uh, ca- I know several words of Czech, but I can't count it. <laughs> Let's go with um, the classic Irish. A three, a doe, a hen, flicky. Oh. Ooh. Shiny. Mm. And of course, there isn't a skylight in his laboratory. They had to uh, add that, and you will never see it again. <laughs> Yeah, it did look kind of weird to have a skylight there. Oh. <laughs> nope. Kinky games, eh? Hey! Is anyone there? Look, I need some help in here! It looks like everybody's been uh, running around with the mister. Mm. He looks worse there than I've seen him in a very long time. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. sweaty and... Uh. Oh, it's me. Would you recognize yourself? Good question. I know you're probably panicking right now, but there's no time for that. You need to focus. I'm sure you're wondering who tied you to the desk. Well, th- the truth is, it was you. I mean, this is a spooky start, and the music is yeah. totally different. The look of it is totally different. It would take too long to give you the full explanation, and you wouldn't remember it anyway, so you're just going to have to trust me on this. Now, yeah, the lighting's a lot harsher than he usually is on Atlantis. Yeah, basically, Jim Menard, cinematographer, were just allowed to experiment to get this look. Now, I need you to listen. It is vitally important that you find this woman. The only kind of hint they got was they wanted it to be a fevered look. Mm-hmm. So obviously, sweating. I think they nailed that. Yes. But you have to find her. She can help. Uh, check the mess hall, or maybe they took her to the brig. I don't know. You just have to keep looking. Yes, I second that. <laughs> yes, yeah. find her. Yeah. Just find her and do it fast, because if you don't, hundreds of people are going to die, including you. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Mm hmm. Help with what? A little bit more explanation might have helped. Where's the pause button? Oh, right. Automatically stops and doesn't rewind. Is the are the, is Atlantis still flying through space at this point? No, no. They're at the new planet at the moment. Hmm, it's interesting he still calls the room the bridge then. Oh. Well, it is, isn't it, really? <laughs> they were just fortunate that uh, the video didn't go on to the next one, the playlist, McKay's version of pornography. Hmm. That can be so embarrassing at times. Right then, Tabula Rosa... Season 4, Episode 6 of Stargate Atlantis, Gatecast Episode 276. This episode was written by Alan McCullough, directed by Martin Wood. Had its US premiere November the 2nd, Canada November the 5th, UK November the 13th. Germany got it February the 24th, 2009, and our friends down under November the 19th. A few few series of episodes of the same name, Law and Order, Criminal Minds, Buffy, Lost, and More Than Human. That's probably only a few of the episodes with that name, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to thin it down a bit. A lot of German shows, actually, with the same name. Huh, okay. Okay, 14 hours earlier. It's going to be one of those episodes. Katie? Hello. Yep, Katie Brown, played by Brenda James. One of her four appearances on the show. Mm. She's too good for him. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Jill State is such a huge stand-down from that. Anything uh, interesting? Um, well, it's all pretty similar to what we found back on land, yeah. We found a few new species. Hmm. Oh, which reminds me, I've uh, got a surprise for you. 
I love this. This is gorgeous. <clears throat> okay, is it because it's prickly, or is it a bit more phallic than that? <laughs> what is that? Well, it doesn't have a name yet, but I'm thinking of calling it Brodniana Velosa. It does project certain... And she named it after him. Yeah. You can do that? Ego massaged. Be careful. The bristles will pierce skin. Huh. Anyway, look, I wondered if I could uh, you know, tear you away from all of this long enough to have some lunch. Oh, I would I would love to. Oh. But I think I'm coming down with something. I, I have a headache and I've had a few dizzy spells, so I was thinking of going down to the infirmary. <laughs> I don't. Why do we have to choose only one of those options? Perhaps it's both reasons why. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, as the frame in the picture, <laughs> look. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. <gasps> Thanks. After you. I'd have a hard time believing that wasn't on purpose. It had to be. Yeah. I think they said it was Carl Binder whose idea was to use the cactus. Basically, they said that he was a bit of a dirty old man. <laughs> the commentary for this episode was absolutely fantastic. Martin Wood, Alan McCullough and Amanda Tapping. Take it with you. No, you don't leave it behind. <laughs> Wipe his hands off. Yeah, he's, he probably has a standing appointment. Yeah. You know something that occurred to me? How many people on Atlantis don't have a doctorate or another? At least one. That bloke who swept up the glass after the, or the, uh, the explosion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, perhaps military are the only ones there that don't have doctorates, but even then, some of them might. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right, yeah, no. Remember now. Gerald Baxter, the guy in the hospital bed, played by Robert Clark, is one and only appearance on Atlantis, and he's been in Mr. Christmas and the Client List. Major Dorsey and his team just returned from M6R214. They examined the debris field above the planet and found the parts from one, possibly two, replicator ships. Major Dorsey. Hmm, don't think we've met him. And this is one of the epic one-shot scenes as the camera pans and on a crane and a steady cam. They have to ADR that because I assume the crane isn't exactly quiet. They ADR all stuff these days. The set is just made for doing those long stuff as they walk up and down the step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda said how beautiful the set was. And as Martin said, well, ten years filming the concrete walls of the SGC, you know, anything's <laughs> an improvement. That's <laughs> true. Any idea what's wrong with them? I ran some blood tests and found a bacteria I've never seen before. I'm checking it against the ancient database. What do you want us to do? Well, first thing we need to do is isolate everyone that went to the mainland and have them report to Dr. Neves in the auxiliary med lab for testing. Will do. Keep us posted. More test results. He looks familiar. Yeah, he reminds me of Neil Patrick Harris, but only in the certain light. <laughs> okay. He has been in some other sci-fi shows or something as a background guy. If that Joel Cottingham, he's credited as Doctor, he's only been in Atlantis and a show called The War Between Us. Hmm, okay. Hello? You know what? Rodney would freak out if somebody actually answered him. It certainly does look spooky. I'll give it that. I don't know. Sam Carter's working these guys too hard, sleeping on the job. Kind of a standard sci-fi storyline, too. What's he doing here? I, I don't know. What are you doing? You're not a soldier. If you say so. Paranoia. I suppose that's a reasonable attitude to take when you've lost your memory. Yeah. You can't trust anybody. It's the soldiers that are after us. If they catch us, they'll take us away. Take us where? What, what soldiers? What is this place? Shh. You shut up. The soldiers will hear us. What the hell is going on here? Why can't I remember anything? I don't know. No one can. No one can. Yeah, n- never be afraid of having your main characters lose their mm. memories and have to figure out who they are. Yeah, that way lies Emmy. Can remember his uh, own native language and English. That's useful, though. 
It's nice to see him so actually inserting himself. Yeah, yeah. If the soldiers see you, they shoot you, they take you away. Yeah, but they're taking you away. Look, you should come hide with me. It's safe. I can't have to keep looking. Fine, suit yourself. You don't get yourself killed. I don't care. They were a little disappointed that they used the present time and the ten hours, eight hours earlier. That were kind of forced on them by by the network. They Why? Just want, they wanted it to be more disorienting and let people walk out. Well, I think the writers and producers realised that the audience would figure it out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The network, shall we say... A difference of opinion? A lower opinion of the intelligence of the viewers. Is this our last verse? No, no. Yeah, okay, so this isn't going to kill her. That's right. <laughs> Look, the best thing for you to do right now is try to relax, okay? And let me do my work. Yes, I'm in kitten with a store power mode. Yep, this infirmary, her botany lab, and the corridor where Zelenka and Rodney had a chat, all the same set. Really? <laughs> yeah, differently lit, different walls, had a few potted plants and a few of those water features. What did Dr. Keller say? Oh, she's going to uh, take it into consideration, uh, thank me for my input, and uh, how you doing? I'm okay. Well, Dr. Keller's got her team working pretty hard. I'm sure they're trying a bunch of stuff. I'm sure they'll come up with a way to beat this thing in no time. That's it, Rodney. Positive thinking. Seriously, are you okay? <sighs> my, my headache. It's, it's getting worse. All right, look, is there anything I can do? Could you uh, ask the nurse to bring me some tea? Uh-oh. What's wrong with this one? Oh, hey, oh. There's your first clue. Alarm bells. Right. Told you those hazmat suits are useless. They are not airtight. Marie, what's, what's going on? I don't know. I just got really dizzy. Look, you can see the gap. But, as I said, by going down this route, they ruled out the idea of actually calling the SEC for help. And by this point, it's too late. They know the disease has spread throughout the population. Why is G wearing a hazmat suit? Because she was mingling with the infected before they realised they were infected. She's already infected or not. It doesn't make any difference. The infected. It sounds like a 70s... It probably is a 70s movie. <laughs> They also made a note of uh, the hairstyles of everybody, a little bit more dishevelled as the story goes along. Amanda were having fun in the commentary. (laughs) There is one more thing. Since we have no idea what this disease does or how it's spread, or even if our containment measures are having any effect, I recommend we suspend all gate travel immediately. Yeah, Amanda's thinking, I don't have a (laughs) self-destruct. This is so Rodney. Yeah. Hey, my girlfriend's sick, so I'm going to chow down while sitting next to her in the hospital. I'm not missing my lunch. Nope. See, it's always steak. Hey, how are you feeling? I, I don't don't know. Oh, we brought dinner. It's Salisbury steak. It's actually quite good. Oh, and by the way, um, I asked Dr. Keller about your friend, Dr. Baxter. She says he's uh, asleep, but apparently the fever's down. And this is great acting from Brenda, because you've got to do pretty much everything with the expression. He, oh, you know, she's the, looking totally... Who's the names of the people on her team, but not his team? Only because she introduced him earlier on, <laughs> when he was in bed. No, because she introduced him. Yeah, and, true. you know, this is the woman he might get to point at some point, so... <laughs> I would have... Well, it's probably assuming too much, actually. <laughs> oh, dear. She do not know who Rodney is, and look at that poor face. Hey! Hold it right there. I don't want to cause any trouble. I just... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> There we go. Shoot him straight away. Don't give him time to do anything. Was that a zat that he shot him with? No. No, that was a raid stunner. They didn't bring zats. We've commented on the fact. Yeah. Even though they still have regular contact with Earth now, they still don't have anybody's zat. 
they're on the candy. Oh dear. Yeah, shockproof tablet, always useful. Military grade, I assume. Yeah, I, w I would think the army would try to get their hands on as many zats as they could with how useful they are. Yeah, but you can't really use them in normal theatre, could you? Right. Yeah, the tablet's what we call a rugged. Sound very promising. Well, it's either a statistical miracle or the entire base has been exposed. We're running more tests to confirm it, but it doesn't look good. We've got to nuke the place. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> nuke it from orbit. Yeah. Colonel Ellis will be delighted. Ooh, Never I, like her anyway. I like the brain image on the screen behind her. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Rodney probably comes up. Mine's bigger. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sending you scans on Katie Brown as well as three other patients who are beginning to show signs of amnesia. Oh, dear. <laughs> Not good. No, I wasn't sure about her when she joined the show originally, but I have to say, she did a really good job of not making me think of Kaylee every time I saw her on the screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still think a lot about Kaylee when I see her, but... <laughs> the rate of deterioration seems to vary from patient to patient, but in all cases, it looks like it's progressive, meaning the longer they go without treatment, the worse it gets. She's definitely looking more disheveled, and they've added bags under her. Yeah. She looks like someone that hasn't slept. You can see those lines there. How long after they appeared before the first signs of memory loss? Again, it seems to vary, but you're looking at an average of about six hours. What about you, Doc? Showing any signs? Yeah, the headache started half an hour ago. All right, keep searching the database. I still think it's our best bet to find a solution. I'd love to, but if we're right about these numbers, I'm about to get overrun with a lot of new patients. It's already pretty crowded in here. Well, that's a good point. The, you know, the infirmary isn't that big. The SGC always had other floors they could bump people to. Yeah. They have a huge city. And they could isolate floors, areas within, no problem. Whereas, even though Atlanta's got, you know, pretty good uh, containment facilities, which aren't working. Oh, they're in the mess hall. Yeah, <laughs> which is the gate room. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of extras. Are you all right? Yeah. Where am I? We were hoping you could tell us. Yeah, a whole lot of extras for Atlantis. I think they said they were, you know, people who got in through promotions and whatnot. But then this is what you'd expect. They couldn't get by by just having four or five people in quarantine. They had to go dozens. Empty hallways. How did I get here? The soldiers brought you. Why? Did they bring everyone here? They say it's for our own protection. Don't waste your time. It won't open. <laughs> No, Roddy, nobody's actually tried to open the door. <laughs> you know, everybody that's come into this room has done exactly the same thing. The first person that got locked in here for his own safety is probably getting really fed up. <laughs> probably, yeah. I have to find someone. It's a, a woman. Taylor. Do you know who that is? <laughs> I'm with you, lad. I'm with you. <laughs> Does anyone here know Taylor? Yes, a room full of people with no memories. You don't know who you are. Why would you know someone else? Quite right. We can't answer your extras without speaking parts. <laughs> Quite right. Oh, yeah? What happened? You're asking me. You got a headache? You know how expensive it would be to give us lines? Yep, John's got his headache. Maybe it progresses slower through Jason because there's a smaller brain to find. No, no. That's not nice. I've met him. He's not. But he still got married to Lisa Bonet. Not fool her. Me neither. Deep concentration. What is it? How do they know we're all infected? My blood wasn't part of the sample that was tested. No, it was mine. Even so, it is likely we were exposed. So being exposed doesn't mean you've got it. Maybe it doesn't affect everybody the same way. 
And all I know is I feel great. So do I. Perhaps you should make Dr. Keller aware of this. That's a clue. The two aliens are feel fine. Get them on the lab table, start dissecting them, stat. Why does it look like she's wearing a python skin outfit? Uh, I guess it's probably the only one that hides a bulge. This is when she was pregnant? Yep. Dr. Keller. There's some pretty extensive stunts later in the episode, which she, quite rightly she you know, refused to do. To be honest, they probably weren't offered to her to do. Yeah, they probably weren't. The insurance companies are um, really uptight about that sort of thing. Well, you don't really want to be throwing a pregnant woman around anyway. <laughs> I think you might have some kind of immunity? There's a doctor. Okay. Well, I'm going to need a sample of your blood. Take as much as you need. Just got a tweet from Tim Garrett. I wish I could forget that episode uh, and find it for the first time again. Oh. <laughs> Nicely put. What are you doing? I have to remember somehow. I already feel certain things slipping away. He's writing stuff on himself. Where did you get the pen? Well, there's probably lots of lab coats around, so there's probably lots of pens as well. Probably in his pocket. As a teacher and a social worker before that, I almost always have a pen on me. Somewhere. You can't just leave. Why not? What about the soldiers? Oh, we're just gonna have to deal with them. Like, sorry, call me crazy, but I don't exactly trust them. That doesn't mean we should be running loose. We have no idea what's out there. He's a plant. <laughs> yeah, he's a soldier in disguise. That's it, yep. Lynch him. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there is a, a, a woman that... A woman named... Wonder. Taylor. Taylor. Right, thank you. Here, Sam. Coming to the fore. What? I don't know. we got to get out there and find out. I think we should listen to him. Why? It, it makes sense. Why haven't the soldiers told us what's happened? Why haven't there been any announcements or, or any help on the way? Most of what Rodney was writing on himself was supposedly funny. They said, if you freeze frame it, you can read most of it. <laughs> Things like, why am I writing on myself? We need a plan. Probably a good thought. They let you out. Well, the second set of random blood tests just came back, all positive. So this is getting closer yeah. to the time where the two stories cross over. Merge is, yeah, probably a better word. I like wood. Five bucks says you start losing your memories first. Rodney. All right, we've got food, water, and blankets. We don't have enough beds, but we're just going to have to make do. Well, we may need to think about uh, ordering all non-essential personnel to report to the mess hall. If Tori ever came back, Elizabeth would look at this office and say, what happened to it? I had this stingy little room that was boring to look at. I had a, a few shelves for my ornaments. Mm -hmm. Amanda's, Sam's got a door, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and walls that moved, and too. The, <laughs> and the small arboretum. <laughs> I like better as Tori's office. I don't like the way Ham has it set up. It looks more open plan, doesn't it? Thou shalt not criticise, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Martin said when they were filming Rising, that room was actually a storage closet. It's about how big it was, yeah. Yeah, and he said, we can't have a storage closet here. There's got to be an office overlooking, you know, the whole floor. Oh, thanks, Mike, for answering Julia in a far more tasteful fashion than I probably would have. What? Julia, the one that posted a photo of herself for workwear, basically a bikini. Oh, yeah. I was going to thought, I want to reply to that, but I'm not sure I should. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not showing any sign of the disease, remember? Oh, well, it's possible you could have some sort of natural immunity. Doc. Stay here, I'm going to take a sample of your blood. Doc. Oh, she looks a bit rough now. Yeah. Uh, Hello, you've done this before. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> what were the results? That's the important question. Uh, give him, um, uh, midazolam, four milligrams. He's in V-Fib, I need a crash cart. 
Oh no, not Gerald. Beep, 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 beep. Hi, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not, that's not good, is it? <laughs> Charge it to 300. Oh, finally. Beep thank you. Believe it or not, this is mentioned in the commentary. You'll like this, Alan. <laughs> they actually ADR'd this scene because she initially said he's having a heart attack. <laughs> Some pointed out, well, if they shock him when he's having a heart attack, that's not good. No. Go, go! Well, well, this is a plan, isn't it? Go! Prison break! <laughs> prison break! Yes, rush the guards! <laughs> Another one. Oh, oh, Geller's down. <laughs> See, that's where they went wrong. They should have rushed the guards as well. <laughs> you didn't run that far. Who was about to kill her? So what next? I don't know. How do we find her? Who? Taylor, the one we just risked our lives for. Isn't it interesting that he escaped with Sam? <laughs> it's automatic. We just have to search room by room. I mean, how big could this place possibly be? This is the conference room. You don't notice it because there's no table in it. The pointy table of tubular death? Yeah. Now this, this is glorious. Ooh. The fan oh. blowing the rear as they walk out. That is beautiful. Yeah. I know it's not real, but it looks great. And yes, it is probably a large place search for people. <laughs> really nice vantage of the city that I don't think we've had before. They're showing a lot more of the city in the fourth season, at least it seems to be. Maybe they got budget for it now. Or they've spent the last three seasons rendering it on the video toast. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> the render's finished. When did it start? 2007. Vessel's this way. John's forgot where the mess hall is. Roddy never forget where the food is. Nope. It's easy to get turned around in this place. Home from home. Major Lawrence picking up some more stragglers. They're starting to get a little resistance. Yeah, they're starting to lose their memories. They probably can't understand why there's a bunch of soldiers after them. That's why I told him to take his men to the army and equip them with stunners. Now, I think it's inbuilt. You don't trust soldiers when they're pointing guns at you. Well, I mean, even though they're losing their memories, Armed soldier uniform type coming at you with gun saying, You must come with us. Gotta strike some sort of deep memory. It would have been better if they'd, you know, dressed casually. Yeah. I mean, the only thing worse is if there were doctors going after you with syringes. <laughs> they could go for a really friendly look and uh, dress up as uh, clowns and put on clown makeup. Clowns. Uh, we discussed phobia for that last week. <laughs> now, they weren't happy about this scene. They did want to put it, but it served a purpose that they introduced the idea that they were taking stimulants. To me, it looked too much like the costume room in the background, though. It does, all, all the, the vests on the racks and everything. Yeah. No. I love the way that Sam figures this. That's not a good idea. You're right on the wall, but then next time you walk by, you won't know who did it or what it means. Well, no, we've been this way before. You're presuming, of course, that we remember that we're the ones who put it there in the first place. I know you're out there. Drop your weapons and come out slowly. Selenka, yay! They're anchored with a gun. The one-man army. He's got the, the laptop and the stunner. He's commander of the new Bohemian uh, cavalry. <laughs> Vulcan cavalry, show me. Shoot him. Shoot him. Better safe than sorry. Hey, I know him. Don't shoot. Please don't shoot. I don't have any weapons. Who are you? We were captured by the soldiers. We escaped. Really? Yeah, Redek. I'd be sceptical as well. What is that? I found it. Let me see. <laughs> Fine. That's what it is. Would he recognize that as a gun, though? Why? I don't know. I mean, this is interesting. Why would Radek trust anybody? 
even if they're not dressed as soldiers. Hey, how did you know to do that? I don't know, I just did. Well, that's her, Taylor. You know her? Fortunately, I didn't ask for a password. Why? Not exactly. We're looking for her. We think she can help us. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> it says find her. How are we going to do that? Ooh, not by standing there. This episode probably could have been a nightmare choose if it wasn't for the fact that Stargate regularly films two or three episodes at the same time anyway. Yeah. And you found this in the database. I stopped looking in the database. I knew there was a reason why Taylor and Ronan are the only people who've tested negative so far. And we don't have a lot of information on the Satedans, so I started looking through Dr. Beckett's records on the Athosians. This is a blood sample taken from a 10-year-old boy. He was suffering from something called, um... Not the time to have a lapse in memory, Doctor. I wrote it down. Kirsten fever? Oh, well done. I like there's a photo of Tilk in the background. I'm trying to see if there's one of Jack and Daniel as well, or did Sam just take Tilk? <laughs> uh, take Tilk. Hexus Galaxy version of chicken pox, it sounds like. Yeah, similarly, yeah. Something so uh, everybody gets it. A couple of days later, it's gone. Yeah. I have to be related somehow. Wait a minute. Maybe they are the same. That would explain why the sensors didn't identify it as a threat. How is that possible? Well, think about it. And this planet didn't have a Stargate until we came here. Um, maybe when the ancients were, were first uh, uh, scouting this place, they accidentally brought this uh, uh, Kirsten fever with them. It got trapped here, and over the course of 10,000 years, it mutated to cause the symptoms we're now experiencing. Alan McCullough, who wrote this, this was his first Atlanta story. He's written for SG-1 before. He had planned it to be that the city itself got infected from the asteroid field it flew by. As the episode went through the writing process, through the writer's room, it eventually evolved into the idea that they're on a new planet. Why wouldn't common disease mutate and affect the people that have never been exposed to it before? Yeah, it makes sense. Wait a minute. You disabled the game, remember? You ordered Dr. Zelenka to take the control crystal? Where did he put it? <laughs> did I? Oh, not Zelenka. Oh, dear me. When did Mrs. Shepard come in? Check out the rooms down there and there. I want this section cleared out in 10 minutes. Lauren, come in. Yes, sir, go ahead. You seen Zelenka? As a matter of fact, I have. You bring him to the mess hall? Uh, sorry, sir, but he gave us a slip. Must have heard us coming. Cracked one of my people over the head with a metal rod and disappeared down a service hatch before I get a shot off. There's no telling where he is now. Alan said after he wrote this episode, he cut it up into bits so he could lay it down in a linear fashion and spotted no end of mistakes where people were making assumptions and having ideas that they could not know. Radek, we are not trying to hurt you. We need your help. Hey, this is pointless. Look, we don't even know if he still has a radio, and even if we find him, chances are he's not going to remember what he did with the control crystal. Let's face it, we're screwed. got to be some way out of this. Oh, Major, I'm disappointed with you. Yeah. You've got stunners. Was there ever any comment that he's Lorne as a nod to the original commander of Battlestar Galactica, the actor? I don't think so. Not a real common name, so I was wondering. Ronan is right. The insured plant is abundant on many worlds. It may be here as well. All right. Assuming we can find the stuff, how are we going to distribute it? I'll figure something out. I'll stay with Rodney. Do you know what to look for? Girls like a weed on Satita. Come out, Ma, wherever you are. <laughs> I mean, they're looking for him, and they're all in the same place. Chef Shepard walking up and down the halls with bottles on his fingers. Come out and play! <laughs> <laughs> the brain's trust. That's actually a pretty good idea. You'll figure something out. You can fly this thing. It's in your blood. 
Literally. So surely if they've been eating plants from the mainland, they'd have eaten some of it. I don't think they've been uh, harvesting food from the mainland at the moment. No, they wouldn't have started yet. They would, I mean, they would have been doing that on Athosia, but not here yet. Do they have magical supply? Yes, they've got access to Earth. Yeah. They can get anything they want. MREs and everything. And last week we had John eating a nice rosy red apple because they're resupplying an off-world base. Yeah, well, let's face it. MREs are the equivalent of the dwarf bread. Well, they press the button, they've got a portal to the SGC. Get a map, loaded up with provisions from the local Walmart, and job done. I mean, even if they're no- normally not, there'd still be at least, I don't know, three days of MREs for everyone sitting somewhere in a storeroom on the base, I would guess. It's happening to me too, isn't it? You have to remain calm. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. My memory was lousy to start with. I mean, people's names, birthdays. I, I almost forgot Mother's Day five years in a row. Forgot Mother's Day. <laughs> That's not good. I was impressed he didn't panic when he told himself not to panic. Yeah. <laughs> you are a scientist, Rodney. That is what you care about. That is what you will hang on to the longest. Rodney, remain calm. Right. He can't do that. Right, so... See, that line, what you care about the most is what will remain with you for the longest. That's the only thing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense Shepard actually flying the jumper. Yeah. At this point. Well, to be fair, something like flight or whatever, it's like driving. There's a large amount of muscle memory involved with the whole process. I was in a pedal car yesterday trying to ingress, and I couldn't. I almost crashed into a tree. Okay, then. Looks like they left in a hurry. She's not here. Let's... Why? Go, go. Oh, convenient hiding spaces. Thank you, whoever trashed the uh, infirmary. All right, everybody spread out. they got to be in here somewhere. Again, all these people to search one room. You're not good at this, Lord. Not good at all. That's why he's only a major. Yeah, must be. <laughs> He hasn't passed the Colonel Search and Find test yet. <laughs> uh, you might recognise that soldier, Niall Matter from Eureka, Primeval New World, Arctic Air, Remedy, and 90210. Yeah? Oh well. Let's go, let's move out, come on. Come on, boys, we've got the drugs. Party time. Come on, boys, we've got the drugs. Party time. Can we get out of here, please? That looks good with her hair like that. <laughs> well, from the back, from the front, she looks like someone that's been going on a 10 kilometer walk in the Sahara, but. <laughs> you think they have to draw lots to who could miss the hair up? <laughs> Let's go! Ronan, not the most patient person on the planet. Wait a minute. Not a good time, John. What is this place? The mainland? What are we doing here? I told you already, we need to get that plant. What plant? Something seems fishy. <laughs> Oh. There we go. Yeah. Never gets old. <laughs> Never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You're just going to slow me down. That was definitely a childish grin on his face. <laughs> I've seen a shot like that in one of those memes which has about eight people and the title is Awesome Wears a Long Coat. How's it coming, Rodney? I'm just about finished, I, I think. Something clattering. What was that? I'll go see. Keep working. Don't separate. No, no, no. Is he going to get radical? Oh, come on. That was funny. Not really. Okay, it was a bad pun. Radic. Is he going to get radical? I haven't explained that once. Don't look round the corner. He's coming. Run, soldiers. Don't move. Major Lord. Don't try to reason with him. I can go wherever I want, Major Lorne. It's me. Everyone's been ordered back to the mess hall. But Dr. McKay and I... Put your hands on your head. 
slowly. Yes, he's got the cable ties. I like this. Using the guard as a guard. <laughs> as a shield. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't she push him at me? He seemed quite heavy. He seemed to outweigh Lauren by at least 15 kilometers. Give it, Brown. Sorry, I've only walked 7.84 today. I need to walk at least another five. Be very careful, Rodney. Very, very careful. You don't know what's behind there. This is the stunt coming up in a bit. It is a good stunt as well. Performed by Lanny Galera, who is Rachel's stunt double. Yeah, there's a reason you don't ask a pregnant woman to do that. Yeah. Jump forward on your stomach and crush your child. Yes, and we'll put a really good meaty sound effect when your face hits the floor. We got a good in there. She's going to be worth a lot. I was walking along beside a big guy who drunk most of a bottle of gem and schnapps. And we were coming down out of, out of Christmas party. And he just toppled forward in a tarmac car park without putting his hand out. Ooh. This guy probably weighed 115 kilos. I know you're probably panicking right now, but there is no time for that. You need to focus. I'm sure you're wondering who tied you to the desk. That's a good question, Rodney. I'm sure we'll find out sooner or later. Poor Taylor. You're awake. Major Lorne, you must set me free. Save it. You're not going anywhere till I get some answers. Yeah, he, he's uh, hopped up on steroids. Yeah. So God knows what that's done to his brain chemistry. Amphetamines. Some kind of bioweapon? Major, they're sick. You as well. The entire base is infected with the disease. Everyone except you. And we've said it before... The ancients build things beautiful, but this cell looks like they're just... It, why is it so rough? It's a cool design for a sci-fi show prison cell, but it Yeah, but I'm really assuming there's an sense. image there, because frankly, even someone my size could fit between those bars. <laughs> we know there's energy field, we've seen it before. Yeah. <gasps> Yay, the cavalry's here. Rodney! Taylor! Yes, it's good to see you. Colonel Carter, Dr. Zelenka here as well. How did you find me? Uh, well, we were having trouble finding you by ourselves, so we followed him. Did you finish your work? What, what do you mean? Can you disarm the force shield? Uh, maybe. What's one of them? I, I don't know. Just wave your hand. Well, that's fortunate. Yeah. Got some numbers written on my arm. Perhaps that's a pathode. Let's give it a go. Given the amount of sweating he's been doing, why would that stay in his arm or remain comprehensible? It's like a Sharpie that he's writing with. Even, Permanent marker. Even so. Oh, Taylor's in charge. Follow the woman. She knows what she's doing. She's the only one. John woke up. <laughs> or else there are natives on the mainland. Ah, uh, Dan got away. Oh he's got his 9mm. Don't move. Drop it. Back away. This could be fun. Oh, Ronan. See, you hide behind the jumper. You yeah. hide behind the gate. Now, tell me, who the hell are you? I know you don't remember everything. You have no idea what's going on. You're confused. Maybe even a little scared. I know I would be. But you have to trust me. No, I don't. <laughs> he's, not, he's not the trusting type. No. <laughs> things we've been through together i don't care what anyone says no disease can wipe that away not completely 
okay? Deep down, you know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, oh, by the way, a few weeks ago, I was uh, willing to throw away this friendship and go off with some friends. Yep. Mm, I haven't listened to that one yet. For all I know, you're the one who tied me up. Fine. Then shoot me. And you'll be all alone in the middle of the dark forest with no idea who you are, where you're going, or what you're going to do next. How could I possibly make it any worse? That's a good point. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the big bad wolf will come and get you. <laughs> it's not even the first time the Stargate shows any of them where someone's gone, come on, might as well choose me, it's not going to be any worse. Yeah. I've used that argument, especially with some friends. You might as well tell me, because whatever you're going to say can't possibly be any worse where my imagination's gone with this. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that argument successfully. Rodney, listen to me. You must do this. It is our only chance. Help me, Obi Rodney. You're our only hope. The knowledge is inside you. You just have to find it. Come on, Rodney. Let it go. Here, have an apple, Rodney. <laughs> I wonder if he remembers he's allergic to lemons. Citrus, not just lemons. Thank you. It's important on a science fiction show to be accurate. That's a lot of code. It is. Oh, that's fortunate. Oh, he's waiting for the pile. Okay. (laughs) Wow, he did it. When I said I was almost finished, I I guess I wasn't kidding. No, no, that's complete. I don't care how much of a genius. He has nobody's program beyond about five lines long composed first time. (laughs) (laughs) The law of the universe. Come on, Rodney can do anything. Who? What is it? A ship. Headed for the bay doors on the roof. Have they identified themselves? No, sir. Could be help. Could also be some kind of an attack. Get in touch with the others. Tell them to meet me at the jumper bay. What do you think I'm told anymore? It's Alt Walter. That Marine is D. Holland Kutchel, Canadian actor. He's been in uh, Fringe, Rogue, Bates Motel, Supernatural, and the 4400. It's Walter from the Mirror Universe. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Gotta get this to Taylor right away. Who? A nice projection effect for the jumper bay through the windscreen. Nice and cheap. They like that. I always liked the jumper bay. I was kind of sad we never got to see more of it. Yeah. I sit hands in the air. Better do what the man says. He's on drugs and he's got a gun. Let's take him to the brig. You're making a mistake. There are sick people who need that. They actually wanted to use Lieutenant Kemp, Niall Matter, a lot more. Unfortunately, Martin Garrow killed him off, which is fortunate, because he, he, like he went on to a lot of other shows. And who are you? Look in your pocket. What? Just look in your vest pocket. Here, let me get it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Boundaries, guy. You took a picture of him, just in case it came to this. I was there. It was awful. I don't want to talk about it. He's telling the truth. This is our commanding officer. Gullible much. That's right. I am your commanding officer, so you should do what I say. Yes, sir. What are your orders? <laughs> good soldiers. That's what I like to say, good soldiers. Do what he says. Gun. Follow me. Polaroid at that. <laughs> Literally is a Polaroid, isn't it? It's not yeah. a digital image printed <laughs> off a colour printer. That's right, I am your boss. You should do what I say. <laughs> I don't sound drunk at all. Yeah, it doesn't look suspicious. Yeah, independence of thought is not encouraged in the military. No, not really. Not, not overly so. What rank did you reach, Jeff? Oh, no, I never reached rank. I just grew up around the bases. Oh. Army, Navy, or Air Force? Navy. Yeah. Ever encounter an NCIS officer? No. You understand, uh, from watching six seasons of NCIS, I'm assuming the murder rate on American bases is quite high. Oh, yeah, totally. I like this. Somebody's died. So they're leading up to something. Oh, pretty good, I think. I mean, things are a little fuzzy. Yeah, John, it's been an interesting few days. 
I'll forgive you. I'm not sure I would. When you are feeling well enough, Major Lorne wishes to speak with you. He feels badly about what happened. It wasn't his fault. Just glad he still had the photo I gave him. That was good thinking, by the way. Yes, if the distribution of the cure had been delayed any longer, many more people would have died. What do you mean? Da, da, da. Where's McKay? And you go, you Aww. bastards. <laughs> and then you go, you real bastards. <laughs> She's not dead. That's why I asked if it was the last episode. Well, she doesn't look very good, that's for sure. If she's alive, the system's been severely compromised. She gets some sleep. It's okay, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I could let you know when she wakes up. He looks better. She's back, back in shape. Okay. Yeah, well, if he didn't sleep with her before this, he certainly will now. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let your cactus die, she won't be very pleased. If a woman gives you a plan, you make sure it's a bite. By letting your cactus die, are you using a euphemism like? No, I was being literal. Katie? She's alive. Although we knew that we could see her breathing. Yeah. But considering the scope of the disease, the fact that we only know of one fatality, they got off quite lightly. Hey. Where, where am I? You're in the infirmary. You're safe. Well, for a given value of safe. Um. All she can remember is some phallic-shaped cactus, which she equates to Rodney for some reason. Rodney? to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Yeah, the yeah. SGC kind of disease go through. They lost, lose at least 10, 10 people or so. Yeah, if you've got lots of extras, you might as well kill them off, aren't you? Yeah. We can actually use decimate in the correct form. <laughs> yeah. Someone confused decimate with devastate in Hollywood and nobody ever bothered to tell them the right ones. <laughs> I'm quoting from Cold Days. Yeah, it did sound familiar. And that was Tabula Rasa. A little bit of trivia on Alan McCullough, who wrote the episode. He wrote nine episodes of SG-1, eight of Atlantis, and a single episode of Universe. He also wrote for Sanctuary, Lost Girl, Rain, and Rookie Blue. Martin Wood, the director, 47 episodes of SG-1, 29 of Atlantis. Then he went on to direct the seven episodes of Sanctuary web series and 27 episodes of that proper. Also directed Andromeda, Jeremiah, Primeval New World, and currently working on Cedar Cove which is returning for its third season with Terrell Roffrey. I haven't seen that show. It's a middle-of-the-road family type, something you can watch on a Sunday afternoon and just go with it. It's got Bruce Box and Lightner in it and all. Okay. Pretty good episode. I enjoyed that. I like the look of it. I like the. Uh, I like pretty much everything about it. Yeah, often visited science fiction trope. It was pretty good. Every sci-fi show has at least one episode where everyone loses their memory. Thoughts, Alan? Yes, I have thoughts. You want thoughts on the episode? Yeah, don't be a dick. I wasn't. I was being a smart person. Yeah, but if you'd have just said him, I wouldn't have to edit all this out, would I? Fun. Interesting. Nice. I, I like McKay episodes. It was a very un-McKay McKay episode, too. Yes, McKay being not being what I was being earlier. Yeah, and McKay's not being the jerk. He's not... He's still saving the day, but he's not... Because he's no longer convinced he's the brightest guy in the room. Yeah. You know, which tends to lead to a severe reduction in the degree of humility, which hopefully... I wonder, will he remember the sensation of not being able to remember? <laughs> you know, I mean, the fear and the anxiety, and, uh, and let's face it, it's not like McKay really needs any more reasons to be anxious. Good episode for Zelenka as well. Yeah. Interesting that they trusted him with the crystal. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. They didn't give it to 
Shepard or Ronan or any of the others, they chose Zelenka out of the whole group. Was he maybe the one closest to it to pull it out or something? Maybe. I mean, yeah, only so many people are actually allowed to work on the control crystal, just in case. He's got his uh, DHDC Plus certification or something? Something like that. You know, he, he's always carrying his little grounding wire, because you want to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a good episode. Glad I finally got to return to the, the podcast again for a while, for a visit here, I should say. Yep, always good to have you. And I'm back at the same school next year, so I have a job two years in a row now. <laughs> That's always good. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. We would love to hear your thoughts on any Stargate episode and of our own show. Follow us over on Facebook or Google+, or follow and tweet us via at thegatecast, which is one word. You can also get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and you'll find all the links on our website, which includes our RSS feed, which carries every episode we've released so far. You can manually add that to a podcatcher. Let's wrap the show up. Okay then, folks, that was Tabula Rata. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Again, thank you very much to Jeff spending his afternoon with us after he picked his kids up and everything. Yep. Actually, not even my kids. Oh, they weren't your kids. I don't have any of my own. We did actually question that earlier. Don't need to take the blame for this, Mike. It was purely <laughs> me. I wasn't aware that you'd had kids, and I'm sure you'd have mentioned them the previous four or five times you've been off. Yeah. Is it only four or five? Probably more <laughs> than that. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at Season 4, Episode 7, Missing. And the major guest star of that is Danny Trejo. On the next Stargate Atlantis. Where is everyone? Kayla and the Doctor are on their own. I do not know, but they did not leave of their own accord. Now, stranded, without weapons or communications. Who are those men? Are they dangerous? Beyond dangerous. They're hunted like animals. The longer we avoid capture, the better our chances. On the next Stargate Atlantis. Danny Trejo in Stargate. I'll make suitably impressed noises. <laughs> the name is not even ringing a little tiny bell. A six and a half foot Mexican tattoos. Oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But all you have to do is mention from, from Dust Till Dawn. There we go. Desperado. Yeah. Wasn't he the knife guy in Desperado? No, he was the on oh, the knife. Yeah. 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 The knife, but knife. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Missing next week. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been on. And I'm Jeff. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.